Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are on a path of feminine and masculine reunification. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, but we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. We infuse the sacred with logic, soul with spirit. We heal, embody, and activate a new feminine leadership. Listen, learn more, and work with me at sarahpoet.com. Now, let's begin. Hello, Sacred Remembering community. This is Sarah Poet. I am so glad you're here and so good to be with you. My heart is just reaching out to your heart right now. And I wanted to start with a message of connection and authenticity because the world is an interesting place right now. And when we look out into the world, there is the potential that a lot of fear might be evoked. And honestly, that's kind of part of the plan, I think. And I don't even know what the plan is. I don't even care what the plan is. Because you know what my plan is? (laughs) It's to get sovereign and to live as myself in service, in divine truth. And so that's what I wanted to start with today is just a message that reminds us that no matter what is going on in the external, whether it is, you know, the political stuff or whether it is medical stuff or whether it's family stuff, whatever is going on in the external, it's going on in the external. And what is going on in the internal inside of you in your capacity to reach your authentic self and to reach your relationship with the sacred that carries you through. I truly, truly believe that these are the times for deciding to align to your sacred truth more than ever, more than ever before. Because when I say the word sovereignty, I did a whole episode about this, but we're talking about your mental attention, your energy, your energy body, how much is interfering with you, you know, your ability to make your own decisions and your own thoughts in the world. That is sovereignty where you're not bending and twisting and contorting so that you get a certain reaction from anyone else, but rather you are connected to your, you could call it your North Star. Um, I call it your sacred architecture that takes you, you know, from, from your physical body to the divine itself. And so now is the time for choosing that. Because there are tactics in this world that are um, very interesting lately. So I don't watch the news. Um, I, I 
quite honestly, live in a little bit of a bubble, um, you know, listen to my sources of information that I trust and um, don't really debate these things. Um, over the last few years, you know, practically speaking, um, I'm a mother, I'm a single woman. Uh, I just got a puppy, which makes life even more fun, but time <laughs> and energy allocation is much more poignant, even, you know, more than ever. I don't really have time to engage in a lot of mm, things that are in are not in alignment with me or in alignment with my path and my truth. And so I just don't. I just don't. And you know, that could be judged a, a couple different ways. And again, I don't care. <laughs> um, because, you know, life life is the way that it is for me and I like it. And so what I do notice, even though I'm not looking much outside of um, the the world I have created, I'll say it that way, um, what I am noticing is that <laughs> the people are, mm-hmm. all right, I'm just going to say it, y'all, potentially being pitted against one another. And this is concerning. and you know, brilliant in terms of like, if you want people to hold one another accountable, and yes, I'm alluding to this injection, this vaccine, and um, which does not behave biologically like a vaccine, it's an injection. So, you know, what's happening is that um, some are really, really into it, and some are really, really not into it. And this is pitting people against each other. And, you know, Wow, if your agenda is separation, if your agenda is fear and separation um, in the world, then wow, this is an amazing way to pit people against one another. So just, you know, look back over the last year, year and a half in our culture and look at the ways that people have been united or people have been further separated. Now, I, for one, choose united. I choose connection. I choose um, authentic relating. And, and yet, there is now, prevalent enough that I'm even feeling it, um, the social pressure to engage in what the masses are doing. And so, I feel it important here today for me to say, if you're listening to me, if you're listening to my podcast and I can support you at all, you have sovereign choice over your body, over your life, over how you, you know, your livelihood, how you earn an income. All of this is your sovereign choice. This is the sacred remembering path. So if you are on a sacred remembering path, and I assume that you are because you're here listening to this podcast, then of course, a thousand different ways, a thousand plus different times, you are going to be challenged to choose your own path or the path that is presented to you or pressured to you. And I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you, you are sovereign and you have free will. You have free will. Free will is a choice. <laughs> it always has been. It always will be. And so, you know, what is your 
sovereign truth. In this day and age, it's so important. And I truly believe that the ones who are choosing their sovereign truth and their sacred remembering paths right now are the leaders for the new world. That is what I believe because you cannot be brainwashed into fear and choosing your truth at the same time. So there's either fear or truth. There's the fear path that leads to more separation, or there is the truth path that leads to your sacred connection with all things, including your prosperity, including your livelihood, including your happiness, your joy, all of it. So that is just a message um, for anyone who needed to hear that. There is a lot of fear in the world. Go in, go into your heart, anchor into you. Um, yes, potentially you are the minority. Potentially, you know, people won't get it. It doesn't matter. It does not matter what other people understand or judge. Okay. Doesn't matter. You are walking your path of truth. And I totally honor you for that. And um, yeah, just bow, bow to you for that. Beautiful. Okay. Well, here we are today, episode 79. And whether this is your very first episode or you've been here for all 79, I love you. Welcome. Um, I'm so glad that you're here. And I have a couple of pieces to share today, uh, a few announcements, if you will, um, changes that I want to communicate with you. And I'm going to do that first. And then we're going to talk about the modern woman's pathway to reclaiming her relationship with the masculine. So that's what this podcast episode is about. But first, I need to share some potential changes that are upcoming with you. This is certainly a time of change, (laughs) as I've alluded to, um, in the world, but also... So I have been, um, I've been doing this podcast since November of 2019 and I love this podcast. I love it. I love you. I love every guest that's been on here. I have loved this. Um, I really enjoy interviewing people and it's interesting because as a human design projector, you know, I'm listening for like what works with people. What, what do people notice? And, um, so that I can do more of that. And it's interesting because nearly everyone that I interview, At the end of the interview, when we cut, they compliment my interview skills. And it's interesting because I have no training in this. It's just, you know, something I really, really love to do. And so I really um, value that. I'll say I value the, um, I guess it's recognition. But again, if you're not a human design projector, you might not understand uh, the importance of that. But it's like the, the reflection of like, hey, uh, we like this, right? So I love knowing what you like, what works for you. Um, and I love interviewing and having conversations. That being said, I'm not sure what is going to happen with this podcast after June. Ah, I know. I know. So I'm just being transparent about that because I am wrestling with it. I'm actually not wrestling with it. So here's what's up. I feel I have gotten the divine instruction to pause this podcast and season three is coming to a close. 
um, at the end of June. And it's interesting because I had um, just enough episodes for June and then like one extra. And then this morning, a guest canceled. And I was like, oh, okay, really the universe (laughs) is like, you're not going past June. I I feel that. Um, Why? Well, could have something to do with, uh, you know, podcasting from a walk-in closet, as I shared in another episode. Um, I'm, I'm a little over that. And now I have this puppy and it's going to be summertime and my son is home from school and we're just going to be out um, in the mountains and, you know, enjoying these heartland energies that I've really been basking in in the last few months and um, being in the energetic of play uh, with, with a puppy and my boy is turning into a teenager rapidly. And so um, that is my priority this summer is to be with this puppy and this boy Um, in the space of the heart, in the space of the heart, really big heart medicine is coming through recently um, with those that are traveling in the Heartland group that I um, offered and launched a little over a month ago. Um, wow, I have chills like in my forehead right now. It, it's such a, a beautiful and magical thing. And I'm actually writing a book <laughs> about the heartland, um, about the heartland, I'll, I'll say codes of creation and manifestation, but manifestation done differently. And so I'm working on capturing those thoughts while we're in this heartland container. And also I'm writing a memoir and that draft should be finished this summer. So this summer I am doing those things personally. And um, there are a couple of things happening in my business that I want to direct you to. One, you may have heard me talk last week about fall in love with the king. It is an opportunity for women to heal their relationship with the sacred masculine, with the masculine in general, because as I'm going to talk about in this episode today, women who are aware that something is off with their masculine energy or they've been reclaiming their sacred feminine for some time, there is not a lot of opportunity, I think, in our collective yet to heal the masculine as a group of women. You know, women's groups generally are not talking about healing the masculine, (laughs) but mine are. Um, And then it's so profound. What happens? We have to be in right relationship with the masculine, inner, you know, relationally outer and with the divine. And so fall in love with the king is coming. Um, I was on a call with a, an astrologer that I very much trust yesterday. I've really recently, just in 2021, begun uh, to really take the advice of this particular astrologer. Um, hadn't really dabbled in astrology too, too much before this, um, but very much trust her. And I'll just shout her name out. Her name is Liz Gunn, at G-U-N-N, and she's in Asheville. And so you can look her up, um, really appreciate her quality work. She's got over three decades of experience and so really profound guidance. And I was talking to Liz yesterday and I kept getting this nudge to push back, fall in love with the King to July. And I was like, why, why would I push it back? You know, cause I'm always like, let's get in it. It's here. The energies are hot. Let's go. And after talking with Liz, I understand that, you know, we're going into a period of 
retrograde. And uh, given where Mercury is in my chart, that's like, Sarah, you know, write and um, reflect. (laughs) Don't, you know, don't be in too much of a hurry. And so I'm just deciding right now, I'm just deciding right now that fall in love with the king is actually going to begin the second week of July, right around that new moon. So I'm excited about that. Mm, yay. That decision has just been made. So that that's really great. And we're going to be traveling essentially for the second half of 2021 in that container. Um, it is a six month container. This is what the divine masculine is telling me. The king consciousness, I'll call it, is saying, Sarah, this is, this is such a, like, it's a deep container, but it's not hard. You know, it's deep and healing. And I love holding that kind of space. So that's coming. Make sure that you are on my email list, right? Because if this podcast isn't going to be um, broadcasting this summer, unless I do, you know, a in infrequent um, solo episode when I really want to share something with you, <laughs> but for the large part, I think it'll be concluding season three in June. So make sure you're on my email list. It's sarahpoet.com and stay connected. Now my email, uh, my, my whole website is moving. I'm so excited about my new website. I got so many new things coming for y'all. Uh, so excited about this new website. It's a freaking gorgeous. I'm moving everything to Kartra, um, which the name doesn't like totally excite me, but this company does because it's like all in one. So the website and the emails and everything, which you might not geek out on, but it's amazing as an online um, (laughs) entrepreneur to have everything in one place. But here's the other awesome thing that this features. Um, I can offer a membership site. I can offer a membership site now with my new website. So that is coming too. And that is also coming this summer. And oh my God, I'm so excited because you all listen to this and you listen to this like while you're driving your car or walking your diggity dogs or, you know, like painting your nails. I don't know when you listen to this. And here's the thing. I love interacting with you. I love knowing what's going on with you. I love knowing how I can serve you. We had a community call a couple of weeks ago and I love answering questions. It's like, please tell me what you need from me so that I can respond to you, right? Rather than trying to guess and put the information out there that you might want to hear. It's like, let's engage. And so um, a membership site is coming where we'll have biweekly calls Uh, community calls in the membership group. And I am loading up uh, video content, video content on feminine, masculine polarity, video content on energetic sovereignty um, and and how to be more clear in our energy bodies. Um, This golden architecture I talk about with feminine and masculine. Um, I did a divine mother series not too long ago that will be in there many, many things, things about nourishment. I've got friends who are um, doing some embodiment pieces to put in there as well. So yes, this is building. I'm so excited to respond to what it is that you are going through, you know, be it relationships, be it um, just owning your truth and what that feels like. Yesterday, I had an amazing conversation with someone on boundaries. What a freaking topic that is, right? So we'll be talking about all those kinds of things 
things in this membership um, group when the new when the new website is coming. But you have to get on my email list. All right. So if you are listening and you're not on my email list, please take two minutes right now. Go to sarahpote.com. Follow the the clicks so that you can get onto the um, email list. And when you do, this is exciting. When you do, I currently am sending you a free copy of my pretty massive ebook. Um, I put it out a couple of months ago, and this week I got a message from someone that's like, "Hey, I just read your ebook. It's amazing," <laughs> which actually prompted this episode a little bit. But you know, I'm I'm so glad that it's out in the world, and I know that it takes a little bit to, um, you know, it's it's like a great thing to look through on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon. Don't you love Sunday afternoons with a cup of tea um, and just like, you know, wrap yourself up in a blanket and just read through it. Like you can definitely read through it. And I don't know, I haven't timed it, but an hour, hour and a half um, and just think about it. And then I also put in their work book pages with journal prompts and you can do the journal prompts that would take probably about three hours to do it all at one time, but you can do that and engage with that no matter where you are in the process. So what I mean by that is this workbook goes through 10 phases. I'm sorry, this ebook goes through 10 phases and each of the phases, I put some reflection questions. Well, it doesn't matter where you are in the phases. You probably recognize yourself in multiple phases, um, but you can always do all of the questions. I designed it that way. So you can do you can do any phases questions anytime and, and continually um, coming back to it over and over. Also in this ebook, I put small articles of different topics that are very important um, to understand on this path. And also I will elaborate on those topics in the upcoming membership site. Do you see how it's all coming together, y'all? It's all coming together after um, <laughs> after a couple of years. It's coming together. So here, I think we will begin talking about this pathway, this pathway. All right. So it was one morning in September, 2020. I woke up and I usually do like writing or morning pages or meditation, like somewhere like right away. And I think at that point, um, spirit had told me, Sarah, you are to set the timer for one hour and sit and meditate for one hour every morning before the sun comes up. And I was like, okay, I'll do what you tell me. And so, um, that was in this time, very used to waking up before the rest of the house wakes up. Right. And, um, I woke up and I had these, this direction that was coming through, like right down these 10 phases. And it was very much a download, if you will. And I wrote it down, but I only got nine the first day. And then the second day, the day just after that, I um, got up and the 10th one was clear. And so um, I pretty much wrote it all out within those two mornings, just listening to this um, divine download and then cleaned it up and then had um, some glorious help in making it very pretty. It is very pretty. Oh my gosh, please go look at it. When you sign up for the emails, you get it in your inbox. Um, 
So what I want to talk about today, and it is because I'm thinking about this fall in love with the king curriculum and curriculum. I'm such a teacher. Um, this, this process of what is the, a woman doing in relation to all things masculine. You might be listening and be like, I don't even know what that means. You might be listening and be like, masculine, doesn't that just mean man? You know, like that's where we start. That's where we begin. Okay. Because we have these cultural associations with what feminine and masculine mean. And we really need to, again, just like I started the beginning of this episode, we need to look inward at what these things mean to us. So one of my sacred remembering moments that was very, very pivotal for me was when I was a highly accomplished school principal working my tail off, but I was definitely beginning to wane. My adrenals were taxed. I was taxed. I I had way more symptoms of what looked like anxiety, um, you know, some panic. Um, I know now that there was, there was repressed trauma, unprocessed trauma in my system, way more unprocessed trauma in my system than I ever had any idea when I was trying to like push through and, and highly function. And that worked for a time, but as I got older and after I had my son, my body was just like, uh, this is not sustainable. And so I actually began to remember, I just had a ping that the feminine was a thing (laughs) and I wasn't necessarily in touch with it. I mean, I was a woman, I was a homemaker. I worked my tail off to like, you know, grow food and make organic baby food and, and like, you know, organic mama breastfeeding and pumping at work and like all of those things. (laughs) High five to the super moms out there. Um, But I, I wasn't connected to my feminine. I, you know, it was just this, like something's missing. Like, why am I so fucking taxed? Okay. And so I started to follow that. And what I realized was like, oh my God, I am acting like the prescription for men in this culture. Essentially, I'm, I'm having to behave like a man in the workplace because I'm trying to be a highly achieving woman in the workplace. And one day I say this in my TEDx, but one day I was accused at taking intuitive leaps and I was making a, I was trying to advocate for a child as a, as the principal. Um, I was saying what she needed and I had seen it before. I had worked with children with these different abilities before I knew what this child needed and I was advocating for it. We didn't have the data. We didn't have the research um, or like the, the, you know, you have to monitor behaviors and make the tally marks for a certain number of days. Meanwhile, this child was getting worse and I was advocating and they said, you take intuitive leaps, Sarah, you can't take these intuitive leaps. Well, now I can, because I left that mumbo jumbo and now I take intuitive leaps all the time and it's fucking worth it. Um, (laughs) We need intuitive leaps because we need the feminine. Okay. We need to balance it with the masculine, but we need the intuition. We need the feminine. And, And so it's like, that's where we begin. That is where we begin this path of realizing, oh 
my God, I have been hustling my bum off. And um, there's this thing called the feminine and I'm not quite connected with it. Also in this phase of this beginning is, you know, this recognition that there's more, but not knowing what that more is. Okay. So it's important. I, I have this feeling that if you are here listening to this podcast, like you, you get that. Okay. You might be in a phase where you don't know how to untangle that masculine orientation in the workplace. Um, you might be at a phase where you don't know how to own that truth of who you are given your current family situation, given your current work situation. Totally get that. And everyone's welcome here. And by the way, you know, to say that there are these phases makes me a little uncomfortable to be honest, before I just dive into it, um, it makes me a little uncomfortable because who am I to say that, you know, you're in phase one, you're in phase two, and maybe one day down the line, they get like fancier names or it evolves um, as, as a consciousness, um, you know, into a tool. But here's what I'm saying. Just use this as a tool. Use this as a reference point because I think that you will find, and I do have a little bit of chills right now, so that's an indicator in my feminine system that there's some truth to what I'm saying. Um, You will find in here this like, oh, this aha that A, you are not lost. You are on a path. That's really important. You are not lost. You are on a path. And this will give you, I hope, um, information about what is upcoming and what to consider given wherever you are. So it's not a race. It's not a competition. Um, you know, we could be operating at some aspects of ourselves in phase two or three and some aspects of ourselves in phase, you know, nine or 10. Um, you know, I can, I can recognize how the God aspects of feminine and masculine are playing out in my life. Meanwhile, some, you know, sometimes I have an old fear that's triggered or, you know, I I'm in EMDR um, right now to like really reroute some neural stuff. And, you know, some of that content is very fear-based or like very far, I I would say like, you know, back the line in terms of um, the timeline and I have to go back and process it. So I might be processing stuff from like phase one or two and, and I still, you know, have my feet, uh, you know, in, in a different place. Right. So use it like that, like dabble in it. Don't, don't do that thing of like, oh, I'm not far enough along yet. Uh-uh, uh-uh. That is not for this space. Okay, that is not for this space. So in phases one and two, we're just beginning the remembering and we're just realizing that there are these things called the feminine and masculine at all. And there is a big recognition that, oh my gosh, I've suppressed something of my own self. I have suppressed something of my truth. That's the sacred remembering moment. And then from there, you begin to walk 
forward. Um, I will also say in stages one and two, there's a lot of dormant trauma. Like I was talking about in my story as the school principal, you know, I was functioning, but I had um, just the tendencies of anxiety. I had uh, <laughs> wrote about it in the memoir. I had this um, bladder thing that linked back to previous trauma that I always tried to hide, but like, it's like my bladder's on a timer. And so I had massive anxiety if I was like in a meeting too long, you know, here I am like a, a highly functioning woman. I can run a school and there's a timer on my bladder that has to do with unresolved trauma. And I don't even know what to do about that. Right. And so I'm saying that very explicitly because I know that there are many, many women who are having those somatic sensations um, of the body. The body is trying to get your attention. The body is trying to tell you, hey, you know, there's something here. There's something of truth under this. Please pay attention to me. Um, and it's not always fun when that happens and it can be freaking embarrassing or, you know, oh gosh, it gets into intimacy and all of that. And so I freaking get it, women. I get it. And I'm here for it. Okay. I'm so here for it and here for you. So phase three in this modern women's pathway of reclaiming both feminine and masculine is where she begins to consciously reclaim the feminine. And she begins to listen to herself. Um, she begins to seek things out about intuition, maybe some sacred feminine stuff, maybe goddess stuff, um, really looking at, <laughs> I looked at, you know, history of goddesses and like when God was a woman and, and things like that. And you start to realize just how repressed the feminine has been in our entire system, the patriarchal system. At this phase, I was definitely afraid of the word patriarchy because I was like, is it a bad word if I say that? <laughs> I didn't put that in the pathway, but maybe I should have. Um, I, I couldn't say it. I was like, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm an angry feminist? You know, um, also at this stage, okay, so what's going on with the masculine here? Um, couple things. One, you could be still in a pretty unfulfilling relationship and wanting to claim your space like out of that relationship. Or you could want that relationship to evolve. That's happening a lot in this phase. Um, you're probably also running a hyper-masculine inside of you, which is like a, a go-getter, okay? A go-getter archetype that you know, I was school principal. I, I was slaying, right? Like we know how to slay. We know how to take care of things. Um, and we know how to manage, but often what that means is that we're managing also the men in our lives or the significant others. Um, also here in this phase, we have a lot of, like I said, um, dormant trauma and this is impacting our love relationships. We may not realize it. Actually, I'm going to say we probably don't realize it in this phase. Um, we have ideals about relationships with men, but we don't actually know how to anchor that in yet. And this is one point I really want to make is that when a woman begins to own this 
sacred feminine journey and she's learning these things, she begins to want a man to show up to reflect to her some of these concepts that she's been learning. Like she learns, oh, the feminine should be a receptive, you know, in the receptive energy. And then she wants a man to come like fill her up. Okay. Or a man to provide, or, you know, why aren't you the, the riverbanks to my river, that kind of thing. So the expectations of men can really go up in this phase, but it's actually, um, it's <laughs> oh sweet women. We do this and we try to manage this, but it's actually not very evolved of us because, um, we're not yet right with our, notions of the feminine and masculine. I truly believe that we need to come back to the inner union before we have any business at all telling a man or, or, you know, you can ask a man, you can, you can have your boundaries, but like, we're not managing men. And by the time you move through these phases, you don't even want to manage a man. A man. <laughs> I, I don't want to manage a man. Um, I want the man to manage himself. Right. But you know, in this, in these early phases, we're still in our hyper masculine and then trying to manage his masculine. But until we really understand the masculine, we don't have any business telling him about that. So phase three, this feminine reclamation can you can really be in this for a while. And I think that this is where a lot of women in the past, you know, couple of decades have kind of chosen to stay. And this is where I think evolutionarily we are moving forward as women to recognize that we need to move beyond just the feminine reclamation and also reclaim the masculine as well. Um, And I think this is one of the, major aspects of women's leadership that that will be coming into play. So yeah, I'll just riff on that for a second. So women's leadership, um, we often talk about that in terms of like women climbing the career ladders, this and that. Again, emulating what has worked in terms of the masculine in our hierarchical work culture but that woman is typically in, she's still in phase one. She doesn't even recognize so much of the time what she's doing. But I mean, the unrest and the gender inequality is certainly on her <laughs> awareness because if she's climbing those ladders, she's also just very aware of, you know, what it takes for a woman to do that. Um, but it's, you know, what does she do with those inklings of remembering that there's got to be more? So if she follows that at all, then she's crossing from phase two into phase three. Um, but if you are a woman who is a boss, or maybe you, you've been this woman or you have a, a female boss like this who doesn't even acknowledge, um, you know, the archetypes or like the different ways of working, then you have a woman who's emulating an old masculine construct. And so women's leadership alone is not the be all end all. I think true women's leadership and feminine leadership is actually going to be more of this balanced, um, unionized approach once we go through these phases and really recognize. I mean, there's, these women are the leaders of the new world. Boom. Boom, y'all. These women are the leaders of the new world, the women that are walking um, this pathway. So 
as she, oh, I wanted to say one more thing about phase three. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is such a doozy of a phase. Her finances in this. So, you know, if, if money, uh, money can be seen as a masculine frequency. I'll just leave that there for now. Um, and let's assume that it is. So if your relationship with the masculine is strained or you have a defense in your body or your system or your mind that says, well, I didn't need a man anyway, or I can do this all by myself, then you're working very, very hard for the money that you earn. And maybe you could be earning it for sure. Like maybe you are bringing home that paycheck because you are busting your ass. And it just consider that you're potentially busting your ass in a masculine orientation. And maybe it doesn't altogether feel good. No shame. Just let's just look at these things, right? Um, the other thing that could be really happening for her in this phase is kind of the opposite end of that spectrum where she doesn't know how to get money. Um, and she's pretty collapsed in her money. It's like, you know, she's not super active, hard working over overworking. I'll even say to earn the money and climb the ladders, then she might be really depleted and think there's no way I can win at this. There's no way. And she might have a tendency to be rescued by a man. Um, this is it, the, the topic of women's resources being tied into men and masculinity is age old right? Like this is something that generations and generations before us have had to deal with. Like how much can I be a woman before my resources are sacrificed, right? I've talked about that in some Heartland episodes. So money and looking at money and where you're at with money can tell you a lot about where you are with the masculine. So in phase four, stage four is called deep unrest because at this point you're getting pissed at this point you're like wait i'm a high achieving human i've been healing this trauma i've been reclaiming this feminine what the heck why am i still not winning and the not winning could be like love relationships are failing or you thought you'd found the soulmate and then the soulmate's not there and you got hurt and you're like wait i'm trying everything that i've learned from these goddess circles from my women's work and it's not landing me in like true prosperity it's not landing me with the man of my dreams the soulmate and if you're anything like me like i saw those soulmates come in and leave again because um i didn't know i was only in stage three. I had a lot further to go. Um, and so you go through this unrest and it's like this, this is not working for me. This is not fun. Um, and then stage five is the descent. And the descent is like dark night of the soul. I definitely had a dark night of the soul that, um, I went through to really get me, um, through these, through these, <laughs> this hard learning. Um, I think that you can elect to go deep. Oftentimes though, it will be a dark night of the soul because you have to go down. You have to go into the dark and into the depth in order to really reclaim what it is that you lost. So in this culture of 
you know, that told women like how to prop themselves up and how to play a game for their worth. We know now that that was a farce. And so it's like, you have to reclaim that. This is sacred remembering, right? But I don't think that you can fully reclaim that without getting really real with yourself. So a descent must occur because you have to go down to your own remembrance. And, you know, this is not an easy thing. Like, I think we have those moments of, of hmm, collapse or breakdown. I hope we all have a good breakdown every once in a while. But a dark night is is bigger than that. I mean, it's a it's a crisis. It's like an existential crisis. <laughs> and you know, you're searching for really really deep answers. And I think you have to have that. You have to do that because from that is where your gems are going to come from. That's when you really really learn to actually trust the path. When I was in the dark night of the soul, I am telling you what my guides and spirit sent <laughs> angel after angel, circumstance after circumstance, miracle after freaking miracle to remind me that this too shall pass. And it was hard. Um, it was a hard time, but there was more magic and miracles in that space of time than, than I've ever noticed before that. And huge miracles. <laughs> and like a, a, a Lakota elder calling me on Facebook and saying, sister, I don't know if you know this, but you're appearing in my dreams. How can I support you? <laughs> I was like, whoa, you know, does anybody know this guy? Is he good? And he checked out <laughs> and uh, he was a friend of a friend and, you know, he supported me. And then he got other people on the phone to like support me. And so that's a kind of magic and miracles, right? So when you are in a dark night of the soul, you are not alone. You are not alone. Um, and maybe even people listening here now feel themselves in something like that because the world is in such, I mean, the world's in the dark night of the soul right now. And we're making these decision points about fear or sovereignty. And so just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. You have, you have way more help and guidance than you ever imagined. And it's a good, it's a good time to start talking to, uh, your soul and spirit, if you if you don't already, for sure. So in that descent, you know, no one can do that for you. No one can do that for you. And so in phase six, when you decide, the resurrection begins. And I say when you decide, but it's also when your soul is ready to orchestrate it. But you begin to get back up. And here's where the reckoning really happens, actually, because I think in stages one, two, and three, you're just thinking that you can still conquer this. You're just thinking that you are, you know, you know how to succeed. I know you do. I did too. And so we're still in that orientation and we're like, why isn't it working? And then it's like, well, because we need a different way. And so in stage six, you begin to just open to a different way. I don't think you're ready to like construct the different way yet there, but you are open to it. And in regards to men, you know, this notion of like, no one's coming to save you. Um, 
that really happens between stages stages five and six. And you begin to no longer want the the savior. Like you you want something else. You're still figuring out what that is. Um and you begin to really realize, and this is really important, and I'm so excited. I've people sharing with me these days um, that they are aware of where they are projecting their desires of the masculine onto men. And so after that descent in phase six and resurrection, you begin to look at like, oh my God. I want this from the masculine, that from the masculine, but I have been wanting that from a man. I've been wanting it from some man to show up and and prove these things to me, be it dad or partner or brother or friend. And I had um, a, a big addiction to the rescue, which you know, now I know, um, being raised by a narcissistic father, it was actually a part of like the entrainment. Um, but I, to, to have me look to him as my rescue and to believe that I would fail. And so I would project my desires of the masculine, you know, to, to somehow hold the container or be the provision like I never, I said this before on the podcast, I'd never expected a man to pay my bills, but there was something that was tied to expecting my provision or my success or any of that to go up in the presence of a man. Um, now, ultimately, should that probably happen? If we're in a relationship with a man, should our resources be going up? Yes, that I do believe. Um just had some truth bumps on that, some chills on that one. However, <laughs> we can't, we have to heal the the rescue first. Like we can't want the rescue. And just truth be told, I wanted the rescue from friends. I wanted, like, I wanted to know that I was okay in the eyes of men if that makes sense. So you can just look and say like, where do I do that? And so those are some phase six questions that really begin to arise. Um, And here's where you also begin to incorporate some sacred masculine remembering with your sacred feminine practices and remembering. It's like, okay, well, I've been reclaiming the sacred feminine for a while I wanted men to be all these things. I'm going to stop projecting onto men and I'm going to start to ask myself and realize, well, what is this divine relationship with the masculine? What is this masculine? Because in a patriarchal culture, we don't have representation of the sacred masculine either. That's really important to understand. Like, you know, for all of the feminist anger toward men, um, for for masculine and masculinity and men to have some advantage in a patriarchy, what we also have to understand is that that is not the sacred expression of the masculine. That is not the most conscious expression of the masculine. And I would say not at all. And so here, when women are in this phase six, we begin to ask, what is this? Rather than looking to a man and saying, please, magically be the sacred masculine being 
<laughs> you know, we're saying, wait a second, what is this? And that's where we really begin to also get into our heart about that masculine question. Phase seven is all about activating your sacred truth as a woman. And this is a really, really beautiful phase of reckoning as a woman where you're owning the truth of who you are. You are owning all that you have found and discovered, you know, maybe not owning it everywhere. Maybe it's still difficult to do, or you have a nervous system response in reaction to thinking about owning your truth. But, um, mostly, you know, you're ready to do that. This is where my sacred truth mastermind comes into play. Um, and so what I'll just say here, you're, you're largely focused on you here, but one beautiful thing that happens in this phase is, oh, men become men, right? Because you are remembering this relationship to the divine masculine and you're remembering oh, I can interact with that frequency, with that spiritual idea. And the men in my life, you kind of let the men in your life off the hook a little bit because you're like, oh, sorry, brothers, I've been projecting onto you. And so you want um, to incorporate a respect of the masculine in what you've got going on as a woman in your feminine practices. Um, here's where you also might be experimenting with things like, you know, masculine feminine polarity and, you know, trying these things in relationship and in expression. Um, it, but it, again, I think it leaves a lot of women wanting because, you know, where are the men who are really playing in those spaces? And, you know, if you are a modern woman and you, maybe you've been married a while, or maybe you're like in the dating scene, chances are that most women are not in circles where the men are conscious of things like conscious breath work or, um, you know, Tantra and things like that. And I think there's a lot of distortion and um, what it would be the word manipulation in those Tantric communities anyway. And so I think a lot of women here in these phases are, are lost um, either, you know, men, like, where is the trusting male leadership um, in these spaces of dating and touch and sacred sexuality and things like that? And so um, she could be asking herself those questions. She could be engaging in that, maybe having some luck, but um, a lot of the times those things are not going to last. And that's actually on purpose because you're still learning. Um, not, you're learning not to actually give yourself. Uh, give yourself away. So I've been talking a lot lately. I did an Instagram video on this this week about um, this notion of being submissive as a woman. And in the sacred feminine space, when, when you want to feel that feminine um, submissiveness and you want to trust the masculine there can be this un <laughs> untruth, but this notion that you have to be submissive to him all the time. I definitely made this mistake. Or you think that because you are more in your feminine, it will somehow um, inspire him to be in his masculine. And that's a slippery slope as well. I think I have found that 
there's a lot of danger in that because the man is also likely to go into his ego identification. And, and if that's pretty deep, he could actually double down and you could end up getting hurt. And so, you know, be careful with that notion of submissiveness. Um, and a woman is not meant to be submissive. Uh, you know, I think it's interesting that we play with this and, uh, sexuality and, and feminine, masculine and dom sub, but we're also at the end of a patriarchy. And I personally have been dominated energetically for a very long time as have my female ancestors. And so I am not very interested in being dominated, you know, maybe in play or with someone who can actually handle that. Um, but not as a way of life. No, no, no. Um, that is another form of what would you call it? Like a, a, a program that keeps women less than as far as I'm concerned. And so I want you to keep going. I want you to keep going to phases nine and 10, where the feminine is erecting herself um, right beside the masculine, right beside the masculine. And she is coming into union within herself because she has examined what this masculine feminine relationship is inwardly. She has then examined what this relationship is with the men in her life. And she has begun to examine and feel and bring into her energetic field and her consciousness on all levels, what the feminine and masculine is doing in the spiritual realm. And even like how she as a woman interacts with the divine masculine as um, as a, as a sacred essence. So I would say that's probably phase nine is where she's coming into practicing spiritual practices with her as a woman, bringing in the divine masculine. And these can be sensual practices. These can be prayer practices. These can be, um, practices that help her get her finances in order, you know, looking at structure, being with structure. That's always a masculine. Uh, structure is always a masculine component when she can be in devotion to structure and listening to those, um, those divine pieces of guidance from the masculine essence. And so those kinds of spiritual practices are really happening in phase nine. Um, here also we are looking at sacred relationship really becoming more and more of a possibility because now you are at an energetic match where you're only going to be partnering with someone who also gets it. <laughs> you're only going to be partnering and choosing those partners that um, that can that can be there with you and or um, maybe you sense the energetics, you sense the more of what's going on, but you let, again, you let the man be the man and um, <laughs> women in phase 10 know that they are the walking sacred activation. And so the man doesn't have to be in any certain place doing any certain thing for you because you know that you are the activation and that you are the living embodiment of union uh, of masculine and feminine and um, that aspect in God as well. So that is a little sneak peek. And these 
you know, it's so fun. It's so, it's not always fun when you're getting there. Um, but it is so fun and so worth it to stick to this path because as we do, and as we come into this inner union and the union with the divine, it ignites our heart. We come out of those trauma places, out of those fear-based mind places, and we come into the heart. Look out when you reach that stage, you might decide to get a puppy. Um, <laughs> but it's like, I, I'm going to decide to be in my heart and I'm going to decide to love other people and let men be men, let women be women, let humans be humans. Oh, by the way, oh, gender matters less. <laughs> than it ever has um, because you realize that that was you know a construct in and of itself to begin with. So these are the phases as I present them. Um, I hope that this serves. I hope that this serves your path. And I really look forward to hearing from you. And if you are having any concern about how you are relating to the masculine on any stage of this path, you know, inner, outer, the God union, you know, coming into strength in the finances, coming into strength in the structure of your time and energy. I am here for you. Okay. I am here for you. This is what every offer that um, I put out there from the membership site that's coming to I mentioned some programs here. The Sacred Truth Mastermind is great for claiming that truth of who you are. Structure and flow is a behavioral, um, energetic and time kind of management system for masculine and feminine. It's amazing. It's a 90-day planner system. And I'm offering that as a private one-on-one coaching package um, right now. So you can hop on over to sarahpoet.com and look at that. And of course, fall in love with the king is coming and it is all about right relationship with the masculine so that we can be the walking embodiment of love. Okay. So we're talking about unity consciousness on the planet. We need to heal this relationship to the masculine so that we can get back to that. Okay. That's what we are here for. And I am here for you. And I am sending so much love. Thank you for listening to this episode. Find me at sarahpoet.com. If anything goes wrong and you can't quite get on the email list because of my website's moving, then just email me, sarah at sarahpoet.com and say, hey, please get me on that list. And I sure will. Okay, so much love. See you next week. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.